0: All right, guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here with you on another edition of the Rebels 247 Podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network and Inside the Rebels. Hope you're doing well today. Hope you're having a good day wherever you may be. Thanks for tuning in. Here on July the 22nd. Is July the slowest month of the year? I had a friend of mine in a a pretty big group text. I have one group text that's been going on forever. And one of my good friends chimed in there this morning that July was, in fact, the slowest month of the year. And I'm finding a very hard time disagreeing with the man. July the 4th feels like it was several months ago. And in reality, we're only talking 18 days here feels like it's been longer than 18 days. And I'm not sure why this is. Maybe it's the suffocating heat down here. I mean, maybe that has something to do with it. And it is hot. Maybe it's just that football is right around the corner and it just seems like it can't get here. I mean, maybe that makes it a longer month. I don't know what it is. But it feels like July takes forever. And then once we get to August, the football season is just going to absolutely fly by, going to fly by. I want to do some real football talk today, but there's going to be a good mix, some football and some recruiting. And just to um, say this again, once we get into the season, these every morning 15-minute podcasts will be very different, be more informative because there'll be more going on. And I'll try to make sure that you're not missing whatever's going on. Um, But July 22nd, ain't a whole lot going on. You know what I'm saying? You need to check out the message board. There's some recruiting, but I'm talking like team notes. Uh, What's going on around the world of college football? You know, and we have filled the summer rather well. And we just had SEC media days that just happened. So we have filled it with information and new reasons to, to keep on top of things but it's not hopping like it's about to hop. So I'm looking forward to doing this every morning once we get to that point and then breaking down games, what just happened, and previewing games, what's about to happen. But in the meantime, you can enjoy National Hammock Day. I'm looking at that now. I don't know these other ones, but it is National Hammock Day, and there's no better time to enjoy that than the summer. Get yourself a knife hammock, hang it in the back. Preferably like perfect case is either you've got the hammock around the pool and you can hear that water. But the best is somehow hammock on the beach. If you could pull that one off, if you're in that stage of life, then a hey, more power to you. I'm glad you got there, but enjoy it. What do we want to do today? A couple of things. I want to go down the football schedule and give an official on the record. This is how many wins I'm expecting and what I'm hearing about the team just in summer workouts and what I expect is going to happen here in a minute. Uh, before we get to that, though, I do need to get to this camp that's tomorrow and expound on something I put on the board yesterday with the three Mississippi kids. First of all, there's a big quarterback camp going on at Southern Miss tomorrow. Wyatt Davis is a big-time quarterback coach around the state and works with a ton of kids. Wyatt works his tail off. He really does. Works his tail off. And he'll have a a camp at Southern Miss, like a combine-type thing, with 46 different quarterbacks down there um, so a lot of high school kids from Mississippi, several junior college starters here in Mississippi, some out-of-state kids from Louisiana and other places. There will be a lot of talent there. So I'm looking forward to going down there and supporting Wyatt and get some pictures and a few interviews that I'll bring back from that. I think David will be down there, too. And, um, you know, and a lot of other guys around the state, I think, like Mike Espy, I expect to be down there, Shay Hodge guys that train these wide receivers and these quarterbacks and these athletes. So anyway, that'll be fun tomorrow to catch up with a few people and should have some good information, some good content out of that. Something I put on the board yesterday was this thing about the three Mississippi kids that Ole Miss is focused on. Uh, I want to expound on that just a little bit. In some ways, you know, I'm, I'm like you guys and I'm just figuring this out as I go in terms of what's Happening within I O with the transfer portal, how things are changing in you know the world of college football, and in particular you know recruiting and a school's ability to sign players, and of course that with us is Ole Miss, and you know what that ability is going forward and where they should be targeting players. You know what are the best avenues to signing players. I think they're still learning what that looks like, and you know I'm learning in covering this, what that's going to look like. The three guys at the top of the heap in Mississippi, and look, these are not the only three, but Sunturin Perkins, Aiden Williams, and Jamorius Brown, they could be the three best players in Mississippi this year. Um, There are two or three other guys I would put in that discussion, and it's semantics if you want to rank everybody one, two, three, four, five, like there's any difference between three and four and four and five and two and three. I mean, there's a clump of players there. But these are three of the best players in the state. Ole Miss has good relationships with these guys. And without going into the specifics of it, there's good connections there. You know, they know this person and this is an, an Ole Miss person. Or, you know, there's a good connection here. There are some factors involved there that it certainly won't hurt Ole Miss. So these are three players. And they, these are the kind of things you you identify early in the recruiting process. You know, we have an in here, an in here. Let's go after these guys on top of whatever you evaluate and where you rank players. So these are three guys that I think they have a really good shot at. They're three guys that I think people out of Mississippi really, really want, you know, your Alabama's, your Georgia's, your LSU's. These three guys are coveted by sec schools everywhere. You know, this is not just, hey, you got to beat Kentucky. Nothing, no, no, no disrespect to Kentucky or just beating Arkansas or Mississippi State. I mean, you have to go to the top of the heap and you got to beat an Alabama. You have to beat Georgia. These will be hard kids to sign. So in some ways, I do view this a little bit as a case study, you know, because I'm a little skeptical in terms of um, within IL, what happens if a kid comes back late? or a school comes back late on a kid and all of a sudden it's, it's something crazy with NIL, then what happens? You know, I'm, I'm skeptical of those things because I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm watching those three guys closely. Not only would they be huge additions to the program, but on top of that, this is going to give you a pretty good idea of the difficulties in recruiting high school kids and what that might look for going forward. And not just, high school kids, in particular, Mississippi high school kids, what that might look like. Um, so be keeping an eye on those three. You could get decisions on all three. Sunterine is already committed. He's going to be a dogfight to the end. Aiden and Jamorius, I think, could make decisions rather quickly. I've had a chance to talk to them or people around them here recently and wouldn't be shocked if you saw decisions on those very soon. So we'll see what happens there. Now, back to the old Miss thing. Here's some typing here for a minute. Um, I do want to look at the Ole Miss schedule. A couple of things that I'm hearing just off the bat. This is going to be a good football team. We're at the end of the summer here. Workouts have already happened. What I hear overall is very good. If you ask me my win total for the year, I think it's seven or eight. I would probably put it at seven and a half or eight in terms of the win. So you're looking at a seven and five, eight and four kind of season. Considering all the turnover, you know, in my view, that's a very good year. And, you know, question marks at quarterback because, you know, Luke Altmyer and Jackson Dart are new. They're not Matt Corral. They're inexperienced, all of those things. But top to bottom, I feel really good about the team. I think roster-wise, I think there's more talent on this team than last year's team. But you still have to develop, A, you got to develop chemistry, and really that should be B. Because A is the quarterback position, you have to get play out of the quarterback position to win games. So until you know kind of what to expect there, I'm going to be hesitant to go much higher than that win total. Even though I think both of those guys are talented, I think Luke Altmaier has a really good shot to win it. Don't have a a dog in that fight, so to speak. Don't care. You know, I'd be happy for either. You know, Luke's a Mississippi guy that I got to see in high school, and yeah, I'd be very happy for him if he wins it. I think that is a 50-50 deal. Um, Luke's very talented. Jackson's very talented. I think uh, Jackson has some issues other than just his head was swimming in the spring. Has to be more accurate with the ball, good decisions with the ball, those type of things. But I think it's very close. Um, I think Kiffin will get good quarterback play regardless who wins it. But you hear good things about that. I think the offensive line, I hear- I hear good things about that. Receivers, I think, are underrated. It's not D.K. Metcalf and A.J. Brown, but it's. I think the receiving unit overall is going to be better. And uh, for sure it's going to be better if you factor in Michael Trigg at, as, a, as a receiver. He's going to catch a ton of, of footballs this year. And defensively, it's kind of the same Def- that I heard a month ago or even back as far as the spring. The defensive line is as good as it has been in a very, very long time. The secondary is solid, and there's still some question marks at linebacker. I think that's where the defense is today, and we'll see how all of that meshes. But if I were going down the schedule right now, you get your win out of Troy, and everybody knows at this point the opening of the schedule is not very hard. You beat Troy, you beat Central Arkansas. At Georgia Tech, I mean, that's a Power 5 school, but you got to win that game. It's an ABC game. So, you know, pretty big early season game. It's not playing a a powerhouse in another league, but it's Georgia Tech. But Ole Miss will be a heavy favorite in that game. I would say 10-plus points probably. And then you win that one, you go to Tulsa. They should start the season 4-0. If they don't start the season 4-0, something's going wrong. They're not playing very well. Okay, now here's where the season starts. You get those four games. Kentucky's very good. I'm looking at different power rankings this morning, and probably in half of them they have Kentucky ahead of Ole Miss. Kentucky is supposed to be really good this year. I am a little skeptical of that, mainly because of their their quarterback, Will Levis. I don't know if I'm as high there as everybody else because he's thrown a lot of interceptions, and we'll see. Maybe he makes that huge jump this year. I mean, they did win ten games last year, so it's a good team. That's a very good team, and he was good a year ago, but that's a team. I think we'll give Ole Miss an idea of what they have. You get them at home. It's a homecoming game. If you win that when you're 5-0, and and it's not just that you're 5-0, and you beat a good football team to get there. And then Vandy is after that 6-0. and If I had to place bets right now, I think they start the season 6-0. and And if it rolls out like that, you've figured out the quarterback position you would think, because Kentucky's going to give them a test. Georgia Tech's not going to roll over and play dead. Excuse me, that's 5-0. and o. Then Vandy would be 6 and up. Okay, now Auburn is going to be picked probably last in the West this year by most people. Now you're looking at what on paper could very well be 7-0. and o. LSU is not near the top. They're going to be picked – I've seen them picked a lot of 5th and 6th with new coaching staff there and some turnover. It's at LSU, though. But you can see how the first eight games of this schedule could not have possibly lined up any better than than it did. Now, you get to this point and the year is going great, then you're well into that top 10 range, well into it, and it's getting kind of crazy. Because then for the last four games of the year, it sets up what would be, depending on if you keep winning, huge games at A&M, home against Bama, at Arkansas, home on Thanksgiving of Mississippi State. If they roll through that first eight part, and I'm not telling you they're going to roll through it, Matter of fact, I don't think they're going to roll through at 8-0. I've seen this before. Auburn is usually better than you think, and when you think they're terrible is exactly when they're not terrible. LSU still has talent. You look at their total team talent thing, that's like a top-10 team just in terms of pure recruiting rankings, and I think Brian Kelly is a terrific coach. We'd be crazy not to expect at LSU to be an absolute dogfight. So let's say they have a slip up in here, and lose maybe a game they shouldn't, maybe lose two games. Let's say they go through this six and two. I think that a, there's a common sense approach to that, but you can see how they could do something crazy and go better, right? At a And is going to be hard. Okay, you drop it, Bama. Let's say you drop it. Now all of a sudden you're six and four, but then you rebound against Arkansas. Arkansas is going to be tough. KJ Jefferson. But I'm going to say, since I I gave them a couple of losses earlier, I'm going to give them a road win there. And now you've won seven, and I think Ole Miss has a better football team than Mississippi State this year. Um, I don't think it's by a significant margin. And that game, let's be honest, there's oftentimes the team you don't expect to win that thing wins it. The Egg Bowl can be weird on occasion. But I'm saying on paper, Ole Miss will be favored to win that game and that's how you get to an eight and four season. And if you don't lose those games early, that you probably favored to win, you can see how there's there's a there's nine, 10 wins sitting there if they want it. And if the year doesn't go well, I can't see it being any worse than six and bowl eligibility. Like, I think that's the, the absolute floor is you found a way to win six games and you're still bowl eligible again. But I think it's somewhere in the middle of that six and 10. you're probably looking at eight and if the quarterbacks pan out better um i'd look i hear the running back room is pretty awesome and in particular zach evans like i think you can expect that kid to have a special year i don't want to hear i don't want to give some of the quotes i've heard on him it's really good if he stays healthy offensive lines what you think quarterback gives you some play there's something special to work with there get some stops on defense And it could be a good football season. Hey, you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy your weekend. I'll be at that camp tomorrow. Should have a lot to talk about on Monday. We're getting close, people. We're getting close. Enjoy the weekend. This is Chris Brooks with the Rebels 247 Podcast. And 247 Sports, appreciate you guys. Talk to you later.